Hey guys, welcome into the Bear With Us podcast. I am Jack. He is Frank. Week one in the books. Monday night football is over, which uh, Frank, I'm, when we get to our game picks a little bit later, I, ha- I I saw something that interested me about Monday night football. There are two games this week for Monday night football. That's weird to me because usually, usually it's week one. Yeah, and usually it's week one. It's like a, what, a... Five like o'clock central and like an yeah. eight or something, yeah. seven. Or- and the games this week aren't even really all that good, but uh, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, first, we wanted to just, uh, finish up our thoughts on on week one. Frank and I already gave our uh, post game, you know, quick recap about you know what we thought of the Bears win over the San Francisco 49ers. You can go check that out on YouTube or, or one of our earlier podcasts, about 20 minutes or so. And we're going to try to do that as much as we possibly can throughout the season. Uh, just give those a quick initial raw thoughts, um, whether it's win or lose. Um, but Frank, I've had some couple. I've had a couple days to really process that that win, and, and we saw some of the stats that come out of that. Uh, Jalen Johnson not even being targeted that entire game. I thought that was really interesting. You get to see how good uh, Kyler Gordon was in, in the run game, how active he was. I thought that was really impressive for his debut. But the the talk of the town right now, Frank, Dominique Robinson, the fifth-round pick, edge rusher, highest-graded rookie of any team in week one. I mean, you and I talked about it in our in our post-game stuff, and and – we were impressed then, but I think it's even more impressive now about what this rookie class has been able to achieve. Um, what were some of the, what are some takeaways, you know, since we've talked, since we last talked um, going into this week that, that really stood out to you about this game? Well, some new information has come about um, that has sort of dampered the wind for me, Jack. Uh, Justin Fields was deflating footballs Um and I can't express how disappointed that I am in that kid. Uh, you know, <laughs> how, it's just unacceptable. Um, also, some more information came out that um, only the 49ers were affected by the rain, shockingly. Uh, you know, the Bears practice in it every single day. As a matter of fact, they, three days out of the week, Eberflus has them playing water polo uh, to prepare for days like this. Um, so, you know, complete advantage towards the bears there. Uh, and it only, you know, it only dampers this win and, and, and maybe the only win that, that we have this season, because we're going to play on dry turf eventually, you know, uh, no, in all, all, all seriousness though. Um, no, man, I, I came away just with more film breakdown, you know, the little clips that you see on Twitter and such just highly, highly impressed, especially with, with the defense again, Win, win or lose, it, it was great to win that game offensively on both sides, or both teams, I should say. It's tough to take away anything. I, there was a lot of running the ball because of how rainy, you know, how rainy it was. I still stand on from the start of the third quarter until about midway through the fourth when it started to rain again. But when it was that dry period, the Bears looked like the better team. So if you can, t- I mean, it's as small of a sample size as that is, if you can take away anything, the Bears offense really looked good when it stopped raining. Um, but dude, it is so, it's impressive to me how much this defense has bought into the hits principle and just everything that Matt Eberflus has brought to the table, that defensive line. And and if you remember Jack, when we sort of had, even before our watch guide uh, of, you know, how to be a bears fan this year, 
we had our worries. We know who Robert Quinn is. We know he's, you know, potential Hall of Famer. He's a very good pass rusher. But everyone else, it's like you kind of got to squint. Like, can uh, Travis Gibson step up? Can Dominique Robinson step up? I mean, but Justin Jones, I mean, he just continues, dude, to be so good. At, you know, a, a, on the interior, Al-Kadim Muhammad on the other, on the opposite side of Robert Quinn looked really, really good. So again, offensively, it was tough. Nothing like, um, nothing really happened on script just because of the weather. But you, I think you're left impressed with Justin Fields' ability to keep his eyes downfield when he rolls out. You're impressed with his continued improvement, uh, you know, sort of with that process, processing defenses and understanding when pressure is going to be at him and sort of that internal clock going up. So you're seeing tangible progress there. It, it was, it, But other than that, dude, it was all defense for me. I mean, it, it was so impressive what I saw on that side of the football. What I really thought found interesting, Frank, is it, you, you see a lot of it. Uh, you saw a lot of it coming after the game, uh, especially the last couple of days where, um, you know, people were tweeting out positives about the Bears rookie class and their roster overall. And, you know, all the, obviously the offseason talk about how they're the worst. They're the worst roster in football. They're not going to win a game, yada, yada, yada. And people in the comments on on Twitter, whatever it was, is basically saying, "Well, the 49ers, you know, they they lost their edge in the rain and things." But like, this is like, this is the type of the game that a Super Bowl contender like the 49ers were supposed to be. This is like plays to all of their strengths, right? Defense, run game, that type of stuff. And they got shut down by the Bears' defense. They only gave up ten points. Um, Put put well by the defensive players who were asked about it after the game. Only gave up ten points. I mean, call it what you want. The Bears were playing in the same exact environment. Just very strange to see the excuse making going on for the 49ers when that was exactly something you and I had talked about. Trey Lance looked like a rookie. He made some mistakes, and and as good as he was in the run game, like we talked about in the the post game show, um, he looked like a rookie at times. And that's exactly what we thought were going to be a, a ways for the bears defense to exploit some of those openings on the flip side, Frank, the offense, um, Tevin Jenkins was great. He was really, really good. Guy was knocking people like that's the type of game. I think this guard spot is going to be a really good fit for him. Braxton Jones got beat a couple times, but I thought overall as a rookie left tackle, he played very, very well. Um, no issues. I was very happy with um, snapping the ball uh, by Mustafer in, in those types of conditions. I think that's a really good sign. And Frank, what I really liked, and, and while I was angry in the moment, something that really impressed me, and it's something you and I had been just down on, on Matt Nagy and the offense for years on, um, was they'd start these, they'd start really well with the 15 to 20 scripted plays, right? The offense would would perform and drive down the field and then it'd get shut out the rest of the game and not be able to do anything. It was almost the opposite of this game. They started a little bit slower, maybe trying to see what works and what doesn't work against this defense. And then halftime rolls around, adjustments are made and the offense starts scoring points. That is something that you and I have been asking for for years. Where are the halftime adjustments? And if that's something that Luke Getze is going to be able to do on a consistent basis, obviously the slow start, not ideal, but you have to kind of roll with it in terms of just what those conditions were really like. First game of the year, people are still nervous from the offseason, things like that. 
they're still getting getting into the into the swing of things. By halftime, they're more engaged in the game, and Luke Getze was able to come out and yeah, did <laughs> was the play to Dante Pettis a called play? Probably not. But you saw a lot more plays start working and developing in the second half. I was very impressed by the adjustments. No, I I, I totally agree, and I think. I'm curious to see what the game plan is against the Packers. We'll, you know, sort of get to that when we get there. But the reason why I even bring that up right now is because I'm wondering, did they, did Luke Getze run the ball so much in that first half because of the conditions? Or was he just setting up for what he wanted to do in the third quarter? Or maybe even if the rain would have subsided a little bit earlier than that. Like, we know that a lot of what this offense is going to do is going to be predicated on the run. It's just, it is what it is. Like, we have to run the ball well. I don't want to say run the ball well. We have to run the ball a good amount for play action to work. That's what they want Justin to do right now. They don't want to keep him in the pocket. He's not, you know, Nick Foles. He's not a statue. Um, So that part I'm going to be curious about. But I think it's, to your whole point, is like, were some of these things scripted? Probably not. But you just see the comfort level that Justin has in this offense where it's it's very clear that it's it's being coached to him, if you know, to, to roll out, to look downfield. You're talking about a team that was literally practicing how to recover fumbles. And some people took that and made fun of, what are they, a high school team? But this this coaching staff has made it a point to practice everything that's going to happen in a real game. I think that also includes the scramble drill. It's it's not a coincidence to me that two people were wide open on that Dante Pettis play that you just brought up. Cole Komet was wide open as well. Justin just decided to throw it to Pettis for whatever reason. It doesn't matter. We scored, so who cares? But it's like, things like that aren't coincidence. We have a team that isn't taking things for granted by saying like, oh, well, they're professionals. Of course they know how to do this. No, they're practicing every single thing that they can come in, you know, uh, that can come into play on Sundays. So I, I, just the level of comfort that you saw from Justin in there, I, it, it just, it, even if it's not a scheme thing because of the weather, like throw that out, it's clear just the coaching that he's getting just has him in this mode where he isn't, I mean, because it wasn't just him. Everyone in the Nagy system looks frantic. Yeah. What quarterback back there didn't look frantic? We yeah. had four of them, five of them, really, with Chase Daniel. And every single one of them looked like they had to make 17 fucking reads before they could decide to roll out. Like, yeah. I think you you know, a lot of what they touched on, Lou Getzi in particular, is like, we're scaling this thing back. We're going, we're doing the basics. We're going to run the ball. We're going to get this kid out of the pocket. And we're going to win ball games because of it. It's not that hard. Yeah, I mean... This team looked professional. They looked ready to go. Justin Fields, I mean, like, I don't know if he'll ever, you know, it's, again, it's it's hard to say after this game, but, you know, maybe he doesn't become the 300-yard passer and the, you know, the four-touchdown game-type quarterback, but he's clearly a leader on this team. Like, you saw him giving the game balls to one to Matt Eberflus and one to, uh, one to Ryan Poles, and that was him doing that. Like, I thought that was such a cool moment. He wasn't drafted by them, right? He had to basically sell himself to this front office, to this coaching staff as to why he's their quarterback. And, like, I mean, he was he was taking hits in the first half, getting a little nervous in the second half. He just played so much better. So that was very, very good to see. Um, in regards, I know one thing people kept talking about was the interception, right? He he did make a very bad decision, very bad pass that was picked off. Guess what? <laughs> so did Aaron Rodgers on Sunday. So did Tom Brady on Sunday night. So did Joe Burrow getting picked off a million times. So did Derek Carr. It happens. 
it's how you bounce back from that that I thought was so impressive on Justin Fields' part. I mean, he just looked infinitely better in that second half. And I think it is going to take some of those things, some of those key moments where he can learn from it and develop and how he improves on that. I thought that was one of his better games played in in, in just such a tough condition. Um, And and the last thing I want to say is a shout out to uh, Justin Leisure from the Chicago. Sometimes we, he was, uh, we engaged in in Twitter in a, in a respectable way. God, you know, if you can believe it, Um, basically just saying that Matt Eberflus was on time for his press conference. And I just quote tweeted that as saying lead by example. And he followed up when basically saying he thinks it really matters if you're serious about a culture of excellence and he basically just kept going on about how he really thinks that stuff is important. Um, and it starts with at, at the very top. And it's things that we've talked about. Frank, this was a well-coached team uh, on Sunday. Again, we'll see how things come when they start losing games, maybe you know, back-to-back games, things like that. But this team is ready to go. And and I was I was very, very happy, very impressed with uh, with this first game. Again, I know it's only one game. Right. They're not going to win the Super Bowl off this one game. They didn't win anything yet. But you have to be very happy with the start uh, to the Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles era, especially like we talked about with those rookie draft picks making an impact with those free agent signings making an impact as well. You talked about Justin Jones, Al-Qadeen Muhammad. Um, I thought Nick Mora was was really good. Will A- or, uh, Matt Adams was flying all over the place on special teams. Like I thought this was a very, very good start to this era. I totally agree. And your point, I was actually going to make the same Justin Fields point of like, I feel like there's a, you know, the the Venn diagram of Mitch supporters still and people who don't think Justin Fields is going to be any good is basically a circle. And they sort of put every single Justin Fields throw under a microscope. Um, but it's not about, you know, him throwing a pick. That's going to, this is the NFL. People throw interceptions. You made the perfect point. That was my exact point was it's how he bounces back from that. If he starts to give up and, and pout and like not be in games anymore, the game is totally derailed because of one interception. He's not going to wind Aaron up Rogers. being the guy. <laughs> well, yeah, especially later in his career, he's gotten very grumpy. Um, but even thinking of like, you know, and you know, for as high as I was on Jay Cutler, he had those games where he would throw a pick or two and he just seemed to check out. He's like, well, this just isn't my day today. Justin doesn't seem to have that trait in him. He, he, seems pretty level-headed. He's able to just forget stuff. Um, and you're talking about some of the young quarterbacks that do that now. Joe Burrow is another is a guy. He can throw four picks and still have you in this game because he's not going to stop. Like He's going to keep going at you. Um, but on the flip side of that, I think the same is to be said about Jaquan Brisker. There was a few times where it looked a little lost out there. T- took a bad route, you know, could have deflected a pass, but just, you know, maybe he wasn't seeing things the right way, missed a tackle. But then it was like, especially with Brisker, <clears throat> excuse me, it seemed like it was the very next play he would make up for it or like a two plays maximum. Like he missed a tackle one play and the very next play he broke up a pass. And it was like, this kid just doesn't, you know, he has no quit in him. And, and I, I was looking at, at, at Brisker and I was just sitting there thinking like with the impact that he made, if I have to live with a couple of missed tackles or a couple of bad angles but he's going to provide this overall, I can live with that. I, I I can live with you getting beat because you're going for it. What you can't live with is safeties, especially safeties being the last line of defense, is playing scared. And that's how we that's what we got uh, you know upset with Eddie Jackson for. It's like you're not going for tackles. You're taking bad routes because it seems like you don't want to make hits. You know what I mean? You're like not. 
Jaquan is just sort of going for it. And if he fucks up, he fucks up. It is what it is. He's not going to get down on himself. Um, so, and I, I think, you know, we touched on this in the immediate aftermath uh, podcast, but like we saw, I saw from Kyler Gordon, Jaquan Brisker, exactly what I thought was a few yeah. mistakes, but overall NFL ready. And I think, I mean, really the only thing is, is like as the year goes on and as they play out the rookie contract is like, can you minimize those mistakes? They're still going to happen because you're playing other NFL talent. But again, I mean, if this is, if this is the floor for Jaquan Brisker, he's going to be really fucking good in the NFL, yeah. man. Yeah. They may have found a star. They may have found a star. Absolutely. And I remember, you know, I, we, we were upset about the pick at the time, but uh, we can't, we came around to it as the yeah. off season kept going. But um, last thing I want to say, Frank is um, the wide receiver as much, you know, as much talk and, and, you know, as, as much as people wanted to say that that group was just so depleted, I thought overall they played pretty well. Um, I'm, <laughs> again, how much of it was just the rain uh, and, and the game plan not necessarily needing wide receivers to do a whole lot? Obviously, Darnell Mooney not really doing a whole lot in his, in, in the first game, but I, I saw him open. I saw Byron Pringle open a couple times. Justin missed that throw a little bit, but um, that's going to be a timing thing with Pringle missing the entire preseason. Uh, it's going to take a little time, but overall, I, th- I thought the wide receivers were, were solid. A um, lot of room to improve, and obviously we'll see what happens with Vellis Jones when he's if he's able to go this week. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't sound like there were a lot of injuries, which I was a little bit surprised by um, in, in a game like that. Uh, so I'd say off to a good start. Um, any any last second thoughts before we uh, get into week two? Here? Listen, I think the the last thing that I wanted to touch on is that I've had a I had a few people who were down on the Bears going into this year, and you know they were worried about the tackles in particular, especially Braxton Jones at left tackle being a rookie. And my whole point was, we have a capable offensive play caller. Does that mean we're going to be a prolific top five offense? No, not necessarily. And and honestly, probably not. Um, But throwing rankings aside of where we can be, I was like, we're going to get the basics down. There's going to be chip blocks. We're going to roll Justin out. We're going to use a lot of misdirection to cover up for whether it's lack of talent on the offensive line or um, lack of continuity or, you know, if they're not gelled together to just have like a full game plan of five-step dropbacks for these guys to give him four seconds to throw, you know? And again, it's like people are looking at this in a microscope. Joey Bosa, he is he Joey? No, Nick. 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 Nick Bosa gets a sack on like third and 12. Oh, nice chip block there, Frank. Uh, how about that one? Dude, <laughs> you're not getting a chip on. You're going to have to go one-on-one every now and then. What Are we going to run a fucking grammar school offense where we have two tight ends in the whole, the whole game to, to help chip block? No. On a third and 12, when you have to go for it, you need an extra weapon in there to go and run a route. You're, you're going to have to ask these rookies to do and And if they fail, they fail. It is what it is. But it's like, again, refer back to our watcher's guide. Our rookies are going to make mistakes. They're going to get beat. It's about how they bounce back from it. And all in all, Braxton Jones had a really, really good game because that was the only sack he gave up. And throughout the rest of the game, in certain situations, there were chip blocks. But I think... Some of it is like a, fu- a fundamental misunderstanding of, of football. You don't chip block on third and long. That's when, like, I mean, that, that's when defenders know they can pin their ears back and go because you're sending out four, sometimes even five wide receivers. Right. I mean, it, it's, it, that's when your tackle has to go one on one. It just is what it is. Again, yeah. what are we going to do? Run fucking 
tight end screens every third and long because you want to help chip block for, you know, like a poor Braxton Jones. No, he's going to have to do his thing sometimes. And again, he did really well. So it's like just fucking relax with every, with everything under a microscope. I understand we're scorned coming off of the Tressman days and the Nagy days. I get it. But let's let this thing play out before we just start everything is under a microscope and every Justin Fields throw and every Braxton Jones rep and every fucking David Montgomery or Khalil Herbert cutback run. Like, just relax. Things are going to they're, they're gonna look poor sometimes. And, and I would even say on the flip end of that, don't get too far ahead of ourselves if we wind up having a game where we score 38 points and Justin throws for four or five touchdowns. That's not going to be there every week. This is a young team that's gelling together. Let's just experience it fucking relax. I mean, dude, the, the amount of text that I got from people was insane. <laughs> yeah. E- even people like, and, and, and he may still listen to the pod, but it was fucking Nas who talked about the chip block. He's like, nice fucking chip block, buddy. First of all, I didn't call the play. So I don't know what you want from me. Second, again, it's like, what do you expect? <laughs> you expect a chip block every single play. You expect him to never give up a sack because he's always going to have help. Yeah. It's, but it wasn't I just th- him. My I dad think, texted me and tried to call oh, me. Yeah. I ignored. I ignored most people yeah. because I just knew they were. Oh, it's the same fucking shit. Fire everybody. It's just fucking relax. Refer him to the pod, Frank. Refer him to the pod. Um, no, very well said. Let's let's let this season play out and and see what really happens before we start just tearing this team apart in every which way or, or getting way too high on them. I totally. I think that makes a ton of sense. Um, yeah, let's, uh, let's jump into the, the week two picks. Um, obviously we'll talk a little bit about, uh, Chicago and green Bay is there the Sunday night game. Um, so we'll, we'll get to them a little bit later Thursday night. Oh man. I, I almost wish this was Monday night or Sunday night or something. Cause this is just going to be a really, really fun game. Chargers at Kansas city. Um, both teams coming off a win. Um, we're, I mean, Frank, I, I, let's let's not even waste any time with this. Kansas City, I'm, I'm, our rule is still in effect. I mean, even Tyreek Hill. You know, Frank, real quick, I just thought it was really interesting. Uh, I, I think Kansas City proved a point that you and I had been making about Matt Nagy and Mitch Trubisky for an entire year, where it's maybe both things can be true, right? Maybe Patrick Mahomes can still be one of the the greatest, if not the like one of the greatest quarterbacks right now. And maybe Tyreek Hill is also still really, really good as a wide receiver. Maybe that can both be true because uh, Kansas City, man, did not <laughs> did not lose a step against what I thought was going to be a pretty good defense this year in Arizona. But um, Kansas City looked real good, Frankie. I, I totally agree. And I think just generally speaking, my rule for the Chargers until they prove me wrong is I, I, I can't pick them against the elite of the elite. They find just traditionally over the last, what, six, seven plus years, I mean, even go back to the Phillip Rivers days, you got to prove it to me. You, you have to. I can't pick you against the Chiefs. Um, but I agree with you with the Tyreek Hill stuff. And, and we sort of said that, too, was like. We know who Andy Reid is. He made fucking James Thrash look really good. Like, I, I don't know what you want from me. So I'm yeah. going Chiefs. Uh, quarterbacks coach Matt Nagy just looked really good on, on Sunday. I'll say that. Making a difference. Uh, this one, Frank, was a little bit tougher for me than I, I thought it was going to be. I went a little back and forth on this next one. New England at Pittsburgh. Um, I ended up going with New England. Um, and that's mostly because of the injuries that happened to Pittsburgh at the end of that game uh, with T.J. Watt. Obviously, it, I'm a little con- he's not going to miss the entire season, maybe. We'll see. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I, New England looked about as 
we thought they would with that offense just looking really, really bad. It's just I can't in good faith <laughs> pick Mitch to beat New England. I can't. I can't do it. I get it. And, and, and New England's defense, not for nothing, looked pretty good in that second half against Miami. But that all, I mean, this is what we heard all offseason was they're trying yeah. to instill a, a totally different zone type of offense. I mean, really just a West Coast type of offense. I'm going Steelers, man. I think even without TJ Watt, I know how, I mean, he's probably the best pass rusher in football. I, I get it. But that, their secondary is vicious. Because, I mean, uh, they just picked good. off. It is picked off Burrow four times. Like, yeah. and then didn't they cause the fumbles into five total turnovers? I mean, they look good, man. They look really, really good. I it's hard for me to envision this offense with Mac Jones right now. You know doing what? Anything you, you convinced me. I'm changing my pick to Pittsburgh. I'm going to see, and it sounds like Najee Harris is in. You got yeah. a good run game still. Those wide receivers for New England are just not just not very good. Like, there's just not a lot of weapons for Mac Jones to really work with. I, I'm changing my pick. I'm going to Pittsburgh. Uh, <laughs> a surprising a surprising team that actually won the New York Giants. Carolina at the Giants. Uh, this is just a gross game. This is just one of those games every week that you're going to have at least a couple where it's just like, this is just really, really gross. Um, I'm going with the Giants, Frank. I, I just don't trust Baker two weeks in a row and and Christian McCaffrey didn't really look all that, all that special. I, this is a tough one for me, but I think I'm going to go giants. I'm Cause going, Saquon looks like Saquon again. Let's, he, let's be real. He does. That. No, he, he looked really, I mean, I don't even know if he looked like Saquon. He looked like a better version of Saquon. He looked yeah. fucking good. Um, I just, I don't like the rest of the team. In New York, I mean, what would that the, the wide receiver usage was strange. Kadarius Tony got like eight, he had like snaps two rushes or something. Or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, the the rookie Wandale Robinson, I don't even know if he fucking played. I mean, I, like what that was so weird to me. Um, and not for nothing, Baker looked really good in the second half. I thought he had a good second half. They almost came back and won that game. But I think Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he only had like I want to say fourteen rushes or maybe it was like 10 rushes and four catch. I mean, he didn't get much usage. That's going to go up as the season goes on. I, I'm going Carolina, but it's, it's, I'm not mad at anyone picking the Giants. It's going to be an ugly game, I think. That Giants defense was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. They, they, and that's without, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau as well. Yeah. He's out until what, week five or something? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a gross game. Uh, speaking of gross games, uh, the Jets at Cleveland, um, Man, people really looked at that Jets roster and thought that the Bears were worse. I'm not totally sure how that happened, but uh, Cleveland all the way in this one. I'm yeah, I'm I'm going Cleveland as well. Is there any word on Zach Wilson? Is he coming back, or is it still going to be not Flacco? yet? Not yet. It sounds like it still might be Flacco. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so. either way, I, I would be picking them, but I feel bad for Jets fans because even though I mean, everyone knows if you've listened to more than two episodes of this podcast where I stand with Zach Wilson, but. It's tough because you're, I mean, if he, he got hurt last year as well, you're never really going to be able to evaluate him. Like you're going to sort of stick with what you thought he was coming out of college because he's just constantly hurt. So that kind of right. sucks for them. Yeah, but they're Jets fans. So good. They'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> Frank, I told you I was thinking about picking against this next team last week. And I didn't, but it didn't end up mattering because they tied. Uh, <laughs> India, Jacksonville, Jacksonville let me down week one. Um, 
I don't know if that was just Washington. I, I, that's just a weird game. Um, Trevor Lawrence, I thought looked a lot better. Um, but I don't know. I think they're still, they're still going to be building a lot more, but Indy has to win this one. I'm going Indy at Jacksonville. I know it's in Jacksonville. I should, I should definitely pick against the Colts here, but I'm not going to, I'm going to go with the better team. I'm going with Indy. They should have won last week. They cut the kicker who, who Rodrigo Blankenship, who missed the game winning kick in overtime. Matt Ryan looked, I mean, he, he looked that offensive line has me concerned, but our our friend Coy, uh, he right before the season started, he said, "Give me your give me your hottest fan, fan, uh, fantasy football take." And I said, "Michael Pittman will finish as a top twelve wide receiver in fantasy." And off to a pretty good start, Michael Pittman. Yeah, he looked really really good. And but see, and that's the thing, Matt Ryan, he looked old. Let's not get it twisted. He didn't have a bad game, but you you just see the age starting. You know, as the years go on with him, start to take its toll. But he's no stranger to peppering a really good receiver. He had Julio Jones for years. And I'm not saying Pittman is Julio, but when he knows someone has talent, he's not scared to get them the ball. Um, right. I'm going Colts. I, I, the Jaguars looked better than last year. The, the Colts are the better team. And Alec Pierce will catch a touchdown or a pass one of these days. I almost started him in a league where I was pressed. It was I forgot who it was between him and maybe Antonio Gibson, and I win Gibson. I'm so I would have been good fucking call. steaming. Yeah, good and call. I started him. <laughs> Miami at Baltimore. Um, Miami, I thought looked really uh, looked looked pretty good. Um, I'm not gonna say really good because I think Tua at times, like even on that Jalen Waddle touchdown pass, like it still looked behind. It just didn't look very good. Um, I'm going Baltimore because Lamar Jackson is uh, a man on a mission right now. And when you're throwing two touchdowns to Devin Duvernay, <laughs> you're, you're probably in a pretty good spot. So I'm going. I'm going Baltimore. I, I made a huge mistake and did not start Duvernay. I made some, I, I, I never do this. And I don't know what possessed me to do it this year. I, I literally made it a rule like three years ago. If my lineup's set and there are no injuries by Friday night, like Saturday, Sunday, I'll look, see if there's injuries. If there's not, I got to keep it. I got to go with my first mind. I swapped out Duvernay for who the fuck did I swap him out for? But it, it was not a good game. It was not him. Devin Duvernay. <laughs> No, it wasn't. Um, but I think he's very underrated. I mean, he got all his points last year on special teams. He's pretty explosive. Uh, I'm going Baltimore. I'm going Baltimore. I, I, again, Miami won. From what I saw from that game, it looked like uh, New England beat themselves much more than like Miami was like, oh, we have this new offense. I just, I do not buy Tua. And this is a game where I think he's going to have to get into a shootout. He has yeah. every chance to prove me wrong. And I, I'll eat my words, you know, if he does. But just like you said, even that that crazy throw to, to Tyreek, it was way behind. He had to like reach behind with one hand and like I, I do not buy him. I don't buy two at all. And this is a game where they're gonna need him to be awesome to win. Agreed. Tampa Bay at New Orleans, both teams starting one and oh. People are worried about Tom Brady. Like they I, I just was like, were you watching the game? I mean, he looked <laughs> for a forty five year old quarterback, he looked like Tom Brady. He didn't have to do a whole lot. That Cowboys offense was terrible. Uh, New Orleans obviously m- making a pretty good comeback to end up winning that game. Um, Michael Thomas doing Michael Thomas things. Shit. Surprised by that. Uh, Chris Olave uh, fitting in perfectly as a wide receiver too there. So that offense could be a lot of fun. That being said, I'm going to stick with Tampa Bay. That defense is really, really good. Really good. And uh, Mike Evans, 
this Mike like that that might have been the best Mike Evans performance I've seen in in a while. So I'm going Tampa. I'm going with New Orleans just because they always give Tampa Bay fits. I don't know what like Tampa Bay and even Brady himself. I think Brady it's been three straight regular season games. They wound up beating him in the playoffs that Super Bowl year. Um they just give him trouble. I don't know exactly what it is. I don't know if, I mean, they, they're they like a very exotic blitz, blitzing team. Maybe he just hasn't quite picked up on what they do yet. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going I'm going New Orleans in almost like an ugly game. Like, you're right. Tampa looked, you know, they looked okay. But they just still didn't have like that it, that maybe they were just playing down to their competition a little bit and then they'll step it up in, for a division game. But I don't know. They look they look weird to me. They they look okay. like they're just ready for the playoffs. They look like they just want to shoo this in. Let's get our eleven wins, twelve <laughs> wins, and like we'll turn it up then. That's what they look like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and Brady did, you know, was away from the team for a while. So That's maybe true. that had something to do with it. We'll we'll see. Washington at Detroit. Uh God, it's so it's just so nice seeing Detroit lose because just everyone's just so on them. They're they're so bad. <laughs> They're going to be fun. I think they're going to be a fun team this year to watch and, you know, getting into shootouts and things like that. But uh, I'm going Washington. Carson Wentz was Carson Wentz, three touchdowns, two picks, 300 yards. Like, it's just that's such a Carson Wentz um, line. But Jahan Dotson is is really, really good. Um, so I, I'm going Washington. I'm going Washington as well. But I will say DeAndre Swift looked really fucking good. That, that, that game may turn me a little bit into a believer, but I, I didn't really like him the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, even though I liked him coming out of college, he just didn't look like himself. I don't know if he was dealing with some, I know he, he was hurt, but I mean like when he was on the field, I don't know if he was dealing with some injuries. Um, yeah. Carson, he's such a weird, that's what every game for them is going to look like. It's going to look yeah. just like that. Just frantic, crazy. He's going to make some of the best throws you've ever seen. And some of the worst throws you ever, I mean, he is, He's the white Jameis Winston. Let's just call it what it is. That's exactly who he is. <laughs> I like that. That's a, that's a good description for him. Yeah. Uh, Seattle at San Francisco. Uh, I made this pick before last night, uh, the Monday night game. And I was like, oh, San Francisco easily. No, I'm kidding. Come on. It's still going to be San Francisco. But uh, I, I will say that that uh, that Seahawks offense, I, I think that had more to do with with it being Monday night, it being Russell Wilson, that type of stuff. I don't think that team is going to be getting, there's no way San Francisco is going to give up the bombs that, uh, that Denver was giving up to the tight ends. Like, it's just not going to happen again. I'm I'm going San Francisco. I'm going San Fran as well, but I do expect that Seahawks defense to be just like that. Like this is worded funny, but I think this is the correct way to say it. Like the top, the top part of the bottom third, like they're not going to be at the end, but there's, they'll be bottom third, but like sort of inching towards that middle of the pack type of offense. Because Pete Carroll, as much as we make fun of him and think, but he knows how to run the fucking football. He's going to key, he's going to slow, he's going to uh, make the game shorter by running the ball really fucking well. And Rashad Penny looks like a goddamn baller after four years of being hurt. Uh, just my luck. Like I, I drafted him in, in a dynasty and then finally <laughs> dropped him and then he was fucking amazing. Like I've had enough and then he's yeah, like, exactly. all right, I'll show you, Frank. Um, but I mean, the Niners, they're, they're a different tier of, of, of team, uh, e- even with, uh, you know, me not being worried about Trey Lance early. That was me speaking from how good I think the bears defense can be. I don't think anyone's fooled by Seattle's defense by, yeah. by any stretch of the imagination. I, I, I think the, the Niners bounce back here and get a win. 
Atlanta at the Rams. Uh, Atlanta proving to be a little bit better offensively than I thought they were going to be. Um, Marcus Mariota, I thought, had a really solid start to the season against a really good Saints defense. Um, but Arthur Smith basically saying, who cares that we lost? I thought that was the weirdest comment we've ever we've seen. Um, and this is a coach that you and I had really believed in. Like last year, I remember we were talking about our which co- new coach we thought would succeed the most. We thought it was going to be him. And we started to see that. And then, of course, <laughs> in Atlanta tradition, they blow a lead and, and lose. Um, but I'm going Rams in a bounce back game. I would be very surprised if they start 0-2 against the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, same yeah, I'm I'm going Rams here. Um, week ones are weird, even for bad teams, like especially for bad teams, because I think teams don't the other teams don't know exactly what they're going to do. I don't expect the Falcons to have too many games like that where they look like that on offense. Cordero Patterson though may be a real fucking fantasy player. This dude is just I don't get realistic. it. I don't understand. I just I don't <laughs> I don't get it. Is this what is this what Ryan Pace wanted him to be doing in in Chicago? And Matt Nagy just couldn't do it. I don't understand. I mean, it's just, it's wild. Uh, Arizona at the Raiders, uh, both teams 0-1. Um, <laughs> this one was a little bit tougher for me, but I'm I'm going to go Raiders uh, because I thought they played pretty well against the Chargers. Um, I just thought the the turnovers and uh, really cost Derek Carr in that offense. And, and something that Derek Carr is going to have to learn is that he can't just go to Devontae Adams on every single play. And yeah, that is... Uh, a Hunter Renfro dynasty owner talking right there because dude, Hunter Renfro was great last year. And I, he just didn't even look his way. And so, like, he's thrown into quadruple coverage against, you know, for Devonte Adams, for the Raiders to win and for Derek Carr to take that step that he wants to and, and be an elite quarterback. He's going to have to learn that he's going to have to spread the ball out. Uh, and it's just you're going to have to, right? Because teams are going to key in on that stuff. I was very surprised by the Raiders' unwillingness to sort of diversify their offense. And then on the flip side, the Cardinals. I mean, did, did they know that they were playing a game? I thought that was at least like I knew the Chiefs were going to win, right? But they scored seven points. Like, and it won the game still mattered. That was very surprising. Uh, I think that bad. team is in trouble. I think that team's in trouble. I'm going Raiders. I, I, I do as well. And I don't know how much of it is to blame on um on Kyler Murray. But with the contract details coming out about the uh, film study clause and yada, yada, he's going to be under a microscope. And there were quite a few people breaking down plays showing that he's still not doing the basics, you know, the basic checks pre-snap. Uh, there were like very clear blitz packages that were being sent his way that he just didn't even look that way to to do any sort of offensive line shifting or audibling or anything. And and I didn't, you know, I didn't watch the whole game. So some of these things could be a tad bit out of like context of what was happening within the game. But again, that's going to be on him all year. Yeah. It be because of just what came out and his comments afterwards and the press conference that he held and everything. Um. But they just, I, I don't think they should have kept Kingsbury, man. I, and they extended him at that. Like, he just has proven year after year he's not the guy to, to get it done. So I think it's more Kingsbury than it is Kyler. And I don't, yeah, I think this is a bounce-back game for the Raiders. That, that, if, if that was their floor and still almost winning a ball game that way, I mean, 
they're going to click eventually. They have too much talent on offense to not click eventually. Uh, yeah. And I think we're going to see a little bit of that this week. Houston at Denver. Uh, I, Frank, I'm just going to say, I'm going to Houston. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm going to Houston. I'm going to Houston. I thought they played a lot. That's just a typical Lovey Smith game uh, in the NFL. I, I uh, Davis Mills, I thought, played way better than I thought. O.J. Howard might have finally figured something out in the NFL. Uh, I just don't like Denver. There's just something about that. And Nathaniel Hackett, I mean, what are you doing? A 65-yarder? What are, what are you doing? Why are you kicking? What, like That was baffling. I think I was very surprised. I just don't like – there's just something about Denver. They should have gone into Seattle and absolutely destroyed the Seahawks. And that offense, I mean, you you texted it to me. It's a typical Russ, Russ Wilson game, right? You look at the stat line, 300 yards, one touchdown, like the rushing yards are there, and the team scored 13 points at that time. It was just like, how is that possible? I don't get it. I don't understand. There's just something I don't like. I think this is a perfect game for an upset for Houston. Listen, I think oh, – excuse me. I think we're going to see, we may see another tie here because, you know, I, you're, you're giving Nathaniel Hackett a lot of shit and deservedly so. Lovey Smith maybe pulled the most coward move that you'll see all year. Punting the ball on fourth and three at basically half uh, uh, midfield and basically saying we're okay with a tie. Yep. What the fuck are we doing here? Like... <laughs> And then, and then not only saying, like, not only doing that, but he goes to the press conference and he's like, yeah, we just weren't going to win that game. Like, <laughs> I'd rather have the tie. Like, what? So I, we may see some of the, we may see some of the most conservative coaching from both sides in this game that you'll see. But I'm going with Denver. They, they have too much talent, I think, to lose to a team like the Texans. I know they played well in week one. That's just the week one weirdness, I think. I, I don't think they're going to continue on there. Um, this is my this is my one the this might be the one game I'm reaching on, but I feel comfortable with it. I don't feel like it's it that would, absurd. It certainly wouldn't shock me, but you, you 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 you're gonna get big Russell Wilson games. I think this may be one of them. Okay, all right. Well, we'll we'll see. Uh, Cincinnati at Dallas. Uh, this could have been an interesting game, but I'm I'm going Cincinnati. Joe Joe Burrow, like guys, relax. All right, he, he's coming off an appendectomy. He didn't practice the entire summer he goes up against one of the best defenses in the league and still almost won that and should have won that game like that it, it they're gonna be fine Cincinnati's gonna be fine we'll see with T Higgins because that concussion you know that we'll, we'll see kind of what comes of that but um I think Cincinnati's gonna be and obviously Dallas unless they trade for Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo in the next couple days here they have no answer at quarterback and and even with that that offense looked terrible. It looked really, really bad. Uh, so I'm going to go Cincinnati on the road. I, I'm, I'm the same exact way. Um, I'm not worried about Joe Burrow in the slightest. It, it's one game. If this you know, winds up being what it looks like all year, let's talk. But quarterbacks have bad games. Dan Marino threw four picks in a game. Brad Favre, Aaron Rodgers. It happens. It fucking happens. Like, it, it is what it is. You can't, I, I don't draw grand conclusions after week one. Um, that said, totally contradicting myself, the Cowboy season is fucking over. There's no shot that they're doing anything this year because 
Dak is out. And, and when he was in, just like you said, they looked awful. So I have no hope. I mean, what they need to do is just fucking run Pollard and Zeke like crazy until Dak is back. And they keep, wouldn't even you know, do that with Pollard, though. They didn't use him at all. They didn't do anything with Tony Pollard. It was very no, it was like, weird. They had Noah Brown. They had like Simi Fecko, whatever. They had the tight ends running out there. Like, and then they just didn't use Tony Pollard and Zeke on the field at the same time. It was very, very strange, um, that offense. Um, Sunday night football, as we discussed, Bears, Packers. Um, let's get into it, Frank. I have not made my pick right now. And uh, so so we're going we're gonna to kind of go through this together because – Frank, on one hand, I'm, I'm dying to do it, right? I'm dying to just pencil in bears right there. I'm dying to do it. I want to, especially with how bad the Packers looked in week one. I was stunned by how, I mean, even with the drop from from Christian Watson to start the game, which I found very funny, by the way, even with that, I was like, well, I mean, the play is still there. They'll st- they'll get a couple more. They'll, they'll, they're going to score points here. That offense, that, I mean, what the hell, man? What was going on? (laughs) Nobody could catch anything. Aaron Rodgers was missing throws left and right. Like, he looked older than Tom Brady did. I was was stunned, and maybe that's to the Vikings' defense credit. Um, I mean, Justin Jefferson, man, wow. Uh, That being said, though, it's almost like what you were saying earlier with the Chargers. Prove it to me, right? Like, I— Prove to me that you can beat the Packers on the road, primetime game. If the Bears win this game, it will be celebrated like they won the Super Bowl. I'm not even kidding. For at least a week. Like, right. it, it's going to be insane. But until they do it, until they can do it, I, I, I think I'm going to go Packers. That's the exact boat that I'm in. Um, the Packers looked exactly like I thought they would week one and how I think they're going to look early in the season, just sloppy at times out of sync. Yeah. Especially with the veteran quarterback, you get the OTA reps. You're not playing much preseason, if any preseason at all, you, like you really start to know who you have and who you can trust in game. That's just the way veteran quarterbacks are. It is what it is. And Rogers is in the middle of seeing who he can trust. I mean, we saw it in real time. He did not target Christian Watson again until late in the fourth quarter. And it just, he, you know, it's, you're sort of in that mental doghouse with him now and you're going to have to prove, I mean, but, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. You don't write these guys off. That happened to Devontae Adams. He dropped everything thrown his way, his first two seasons there. And then something just clicked. So if you're a Packer fan, obviously you hope that it didn't take three fucking years for these guys to get it together because Rodgers didn't have that much time probably, but the the Bears looked like how they looked. I thought they would look in week one. I picked them to win. We we I picked both of these games correctly. But it's it's that level of they still have Aaron Rodgers. We should have beaten an out of sync Aaron Rodgers in week one in 2018, and we didn't do it because he's Aaron fucking Rodgers, and that's what he does. There, there there's going to be a level to this Bears team this year where there's sort of a, almost every game is a measuring stick game. We're going up against a team that's supposed to be an NFC, uh, you know, an NFC championship contender, a Super Bowl contender. Even if if you, you know one of these, one or two of these receivers can step up and fulfill their potential. So this is going to show us how far away are we really? Are we close to 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 being there? Because even like the the Niners game, you think like, 
it was an ugly game, but it shows that we can win ugly game. That's going to happen sometimes. You know, the, the, the Niners beat the, I didn't hear any Niners fans saying anything when they beat the Packers last year in the rain in the playoffs. That was okay. You have to win these games. They, they, you, they come, you know, you have to win them as they come. Um, my heart wants to pick the bears probably because for a little, for biased reasons a little bit, but again, unbiasedly, this is the time to beat the Packers right now. Yeah. I, I said this, I said this, I, I don't think they're really going to start to click until about week seven or eight. They're going to flutter around 500, maybe be a game or two under, and that's it. They're going to click and go win the wild, win a wild card spot. That's what I think this season's going to look like for them. But let's make them 0-2. Let's not, let's not let them use us as the, as, as the team to get back on track. That being said, I feel like that this being is the said, perfect I'm going opportunity. With the Packers because you have yeah. to, you, you got to prove it. I mean, just, just like you said, like I said yeah. with the Chargers, you got to prove to me that you can beat Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, this is the, uh, this is the type of game that he's, he wants, right? Like this is, this is what he's going to get prepared for. There's, there's no doubt about it. And I mean, it just feels like just, the perfect storm for the bears to get a wet blanket thrown on top of them. Like, yeah, you still can't beat the Packers though. Uh, I, I just, I can't in good conscience pick, pick the bear. Like you said, your, your heart wants to, right. You want to be a bears fan. You want to pick your team to win, but at the same time, you got to be realistic about where they're at. They're still not the most talented team in the world. Do I think the bears can win? Absolutely. Absolutely, they can win, especially with this defense. If the Packers both offensive tackles are out again, maybe I'd change my answer a little bit closer to game time. I, I don't know. But there's just something about Aaron Rodgers versus the Bears that I will never feel comfortable picking, <laughs> picking the Bears to win. If this was at home, if this was in Chicago, maybe I'd, I'd go Bears. But in Green Bay, I, I don't know. It, it's It's just hard to justify picking against Aaron Rodgers, especially when it's the Bears. So I think I'm going to go Packers for now. Same. And I highly doubt, even without the tackles, it's, it's Aaron Rodgers. It's hard for me to, to, you know, to do that. But even in me predicting a loss, if the field conditions are right, I want to see more from this offense. We took the win for what it was in, in week one. That, that's just what the playing conditions were. We can't control that. Hopefully there's no rain. And it's not a slippery turf in in Chicago where we're in Green Bay. And I really want to see what we what we can do. I mean, we I mean, for as good as Jair Alexander and that secondary is, and I'm not saying we have a Justin Jefferson type of weapon, but some of the he was just schemed open for some of those. He wasn't just yeah. there was some plays he was just flat out fucking beating people because he's Justin Jefferson. But there were others where there was no one within 15 yards. Getsy, you know that defense. You were there. Show me that you can scheme some guys open. Show me that you can get to like there. There can be, God, this sounds like such fucking loser talk. But there can still be <laughs> wins, even no, if we lose. Like show that's not, me. That's not loser talk. That's that's rebuilding talk, right? That's how I you know, rebuild but, it. Shut up, Frank. Just take it. <laughs> but let me tell let me tell you a quick story though. My son started soccer on Saturday. We get there meet with one of the coaches. He's like, hey, they're going to set up over there. Your, your coach will be here in a little bit. Cool. So we go over. There's already some parents, some kids over there. My son goes right up to this kid. About the same age. Like he, my son's two. He's probably two or three. They're kicking the ball back and forth. Kicks it two or three times. He looks dead at this kid's dad and he goes, I'm winning. And I was like, <laughs> that's, 
he got that fucking dog in him. All right. But I told him, I was like, you can't. That's your teammate inside, Jack. Oh, your boy was beaming. smiling. Beaming with pride. But I say all that to say, I can't be that dad. The Green Bay Packers can't look at me in the eyes and say, yeah, you guys did good. You guys did well. Nice one. Good one. You guys got a good quarterback, but we beat you by 17 still. Good first half, Justin. No. I don't want that, Jack. You want the win. You want the dub. Or even, let, let me say this. Even in a loss, it can't be like when we, that, that huge comeback type of thing with Mitch. It, the, the expectations change mid-game. If we're fucking up 20-3, to three, we hold that lead. I don't give a fuck. That, that's not a win. If we're sticking with them neck and neck and they kick a last-second field goal, ah, okay, you, it is what it is, some lucky bounce here, or, you know, unfortunate bounce. But we, you know, again, there, there are levels to moral victories. And, and them having a huge comeback in, against us is not that. Them fucking beating the doors off us, but we get two garbage time touchdowns to make it look close is not that. Let's make no mistake. We need to be in these fucking games for real. Give me false hope at the very least. But I think they will do that. I think they'll do that. I think it'll be close. They, they got the Packers minus 10 right now. I'm, you take that to the bank. I don't think they're beating us by more than 10. That's, not, that's crazy, I think. I don't think so, but I'm not touching it because I just don't. <laughs> I've seen, I've, I've, we've been burned so much in the past, right? And the Packers, think about it. The last couple of years, right, week one, they lose to New Orleans. They, they get killed in New Orleans. Um, they lose to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're like, all right, here we go. This is where they fall off. I will say the one difference being Aaron Rodgers doesn't have Devontae Adams anymore. He doesn't have a wide receiver even close to that uh, of that caliber. Like you said, if this is the time for this is the time for the Bears to to assert their dominance back over the Packers and and start and, and make Rodgers want to retire. Like, that would be incredible. If this is finally the game that he's just like, all right, fuck it, I'm, I'm done after this year because they can't beat the Bears anymore, they, Matt Eberflus would have a statue outside of that stadium tomorrow. The next day, Monday, Monday, that statue would be built. If as he it beats should the Packers be. in week two. As it should be, absolutely. Give him contract and give him extensions, both Eberflus and Brian Poles. Lifetime extensions. As a ma- I mean, if Eberfus <laughs> wins this fucking game, we're only allowed to pronounce his name as it's meant to be. Eberfus! Eberfus! There will be no mentions of, of Matt Nagy or Ryan Pace ever again. Ever again. You'll never fucking hear me. We I will go- never complain about them ever. We can go 2-15. and 15. Only, two game- only two games you win this year. No complaints from me. Well, that being said, beat the Packers again. Yeah, beat the Packers again. That being said, they're probably not going to win. So I'm, I'm going to stick with Green Bay for now, even after this inspiring speech. Hopefully we're wrong. Um, let's close this out. Monday Night Football, two games, Tennessee at Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo. I, I think Buffalo has reached chief status, Frank, um, where I'm picking them every single game. We'll have to decide which way we go once they play the Chiefs, uh, but I'm going to go Buffalo. I'm going Buffalo as well. Look, they look – I know it's early, but they have not skipped a fucking beat from that game against the Chiefs on offense. And their defense looks... I mean, they look good last year. When they play elite offenses, again, we know what defense is in today's NFL. Um, I don't think they have anything to worry about with the Titans, man. I, I, it's, it's... The Titans... They're, they I wouldn't be surprised if we, see, if we see Malik Willis at some point this season because Tannehill just... He looks just fine, but 
you got to see what you have eventually. I was just going to say it may it's not going to be for competitive reasons. I don't think Malik gives you a, a, a better chance to win right now, but you got to get the kid reps. Like why if, if you're not a real threat to make a deep playoff run, what are you doing? Just start start getting a look at him. I agree. I agree. Uh, Minnesota at Philadelphia. This one actually might be might be kind of fun. Honestly, this might be a bar. This might be a high scoring affair. Uh, that being said, I'm going. I'm going Minnesota. Um, I'm. I'm just going to choose the best player on the field. Go with the best quarterback. That being said, though, if the Eagles can control the ball with that run game, Miles Sanders scoring a yeah. touchdown. Look Holy at that! Shit. And he went for. <laughs> didn't he go for a buck twenty? Yeah, he he was really really good. I started him in. in I'm sorry, uh, 96. I may have been a buck twenty total. Uh, 96 I, rushing. Oh yeah, he looks fucking good. Yeah. So I, I'm going Minnesota on the road in Philly. Because Philly's defense, to, man, I don't. I just don't trust that defense to, to stop Jam- Justin me. Jefferson. They couldn't stop gave DJ up, Chark and Amon Ra St. Brown. <laughs> you gave up 35 to Jared Goff, man. I, I mean, you yeah. know, say what you will about Kirk Cousins, but he's clearly a better quarterback. <laughs> Then, uh, then yeah. Jared yeah, I'm, I'm going. I mean, I think, again, I, I'm going to pick the Vikings against a lot of teams. I, if I, I've told this to Viking fans, I said this on this podcast. You, you as a Vikings fan, any Vikings fan who happens to be listening to this, you have every right to be disappointed in this team if they do not win this division. They're the best team in this division, and if they don't win it, outside of people getting hurt, you know, if Jefferson goes down and Kirk Cousins, that, that is what it is. A healthy team, for the most part, has to win this division. The Packers aren't what they used to be. The Lions are still, they're in like year two of a rebuild. The Bears are in a retooling year. You have to win this division this year. And that starts by beating, dare I say, fluky teams like like the Eagles. Um, You have to show that there are tears to this, and I think they will. And Justin Jefferson is the best receiver in football, dude. I, I know Devontae Adams exists. This kid is on a different fucking planet, man. Not, not, not different planet. He's you, you can't put him any less than three. He's my number one. But I, the one. only argument I will even listen to is Jamar Chase and Devontae Adams. Maybe Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is like that fourth. Outside of that, I you're not you there's no other argument for anyone else being even in that echelon with Justin Jefferson. Some really good receivers right now that you just brought up. Uh <laughs> I think I think I I'm I'm gonna go Jefferson, Devontae, Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase. I think that's my rankings. That's fair. God, I but Jamar Chase made a really, really, really good catch at that. I know. I was going to say, you can really, you can order them any which way. I, I think. Sorry, reason, Michael Pittman, then, the, then those other four. Pittman. Darnell, Darnell Mooney, number two. Dar- Kevin White. And then. Michael yeah. Pittman. Justin Jefferson. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, no. I, it's, there's some really. AJ Brown, not for nothing, looked like AJ Brown again. That was yeah, that was surprising. Yeah, he was overrated before the year, and goddamn it, he proved me wrong in week one. He looked really fucking good. Well, and then he started his his battery mate. So good call on that instead of just. Well, I thought, dude, I, I fucking thought he would take, uh, you know, some some coverage away from this guy. What the fuck did Devontae? I, I lost the game because last minute I saw the rain. I looked out my window. What am I doing? Drinking my fucking cup of Joe on a Sunday, Sunday morning. You know, got two kids. Two kids side by side. We got the fucking pregame on. They're like, look at the rain. And I look out my window and a little peek see the rain i said you know what justin can't do anything in this fucking rain let me go ahead and start one of these receivers put in slim reaper he's he's good to get me 18 you know uh, against a bad team fucking zero jack yeah that that's not good 
That's less than Hunter Renfro got. When would he get like three? Six. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that pissed me off because I ended up losing by point three. I lost by 17, and Justin Fields had 21 on my bench. That's what you get for not starting your quarterback. So that's – I don't know what to tell you. Uh, what I can tell you, though, Frank, is that this has been the, the Bear With Us podcast, um, and this has been a very fun episode. I'm so glad to be back doing these types of episodes. Um, obviously, expect a lot more of this. We will uh, – Frank, I, I'm, I'm moving on, on Monday, Monday the 19th. Uh, so in regards to – uh, a post game show for uh, Bears Packers. It'll depend on what time it is, but uh, just just warning you now. I can roll solo. We've done that before. You've done a yeah. couple. I've done a couple. So it is what it is. We'll plug and, and the play. ones we'll that you do tend to get. Given. Yeah, the the ones that you two do alone, you tend to get more views anyway. So I don't know if that's a me thing or if it's just people like hearing you talk just unabated for, no, for forty five minutes. But maybe it's part of that. But the times <laughs> that I've done alone, it was Week One against the Rams last year, and I good, good was teams. Like, yeah. yeah, it's been like losses where people really want to know what people think, I think. It yeah. hasn't been yeah. like when no well, one – The it's a, if I'm going to be quite honest with you, our views are up when the Bears suck. That's I think what I was going to say. We'll complain about the Bears. If we ever win a Super Bowl, we're going to get like five fucking views on that YouTube video. The only time I ever lose the video – the only time I ever listen to the radio now is when they lose because I'm just mad and I want someone else to be mad along with me. Talking about wins isn't any fun. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't. I, t- I told you last week. How boring would it be to run a Patriots podcast for the last twenty years? Well, they'd have something to talk about this week. Well, now sure. they would, but I'm just thinking, yeah. like, what do you even? I mean, what do you? Do you fucking? You're paying attention to the long snapper battle in, last, in training camp. Last thing I'll say: kudos to uh, to uh, Mike Tirico. Um, not not Chris Collinsworth. He shouldn't be been even calling that game. That was hard to listen to. But credit to them. I didn't hear too much about Tom Brady being super old or anything. It sounded like they got away from that a little bit and talked about the actual game that was happening and the year that the, that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They talked a lot about Julio Jones. I thought that was interesting, but um, credit credit to them. But uh, that'll do it for this week. We'll be back next week to talk about the uh, week three, the Bears uh, win over the Green Bay Packers. Um, I'm just going to speak it into existence, Frank, not, even though I'm not picking them. Um, and then we'll uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Frankie, I'll talk to you then. Absolutely. Later, everybody. Later, Jackie.